Was everybody ready for the Word of God today? Amen. I am excited about it. We have a big week coming up, guys. We've got revival around the corner, and I'm excited about revival. But today, before we get to it, does anybody know what February is to the church? What do we celebrate in the month of February in the church? What? Black history. Technically, yes, you're correct. We do celebrate that in the church as well. But there's also something very specific that we celebrate in the month of February. Oh, thank you. That is awesome. Love. Well, we, we celebrate love in February, too. February is a very popular month, I guess. We celebrate black history. We celebrate love. What else? Fasting. Yes. Is that what you were going to say? That's it. Prayer and fasting, guys. Prayer and fasting is what we're going to be celebrating over the month of February. So what better time to have a revival, right? What better time to have a revival than right in the middle of the month of prayer and fasting? So what is fasting? What is fasting, guys? Like before, I, before you guys who do know, raise your hand. Does anybody in the house not know? Anybody like I've never heard of fasting before in my life. Go ahead. No, it's okay. You don't have to feel bad for not knowing. But there are some people who don't know what fasting is. So we, we hear this, and if you're raised in church and you've been, you know, then you, you've probably been taught what fasting is, but not a lot of people know what fasting is. And I believe even the people who think they have an understanding of fasting, it's not always the right understanding of fasting. So we're probably going to get some of these answers wrong, but let's go ahead. What do you think fasting is? Um, I think it's kind of more like a holier connection, I guess. Oh, very good. A holier connection. Yes. It's like a point in time where you're kind of staying away from food. <laughs> yes. Very good. Point in time where you're staying away from food. Spending time with God. Spending time with God. Yes. Judah. Say. Just like, just like what they said, but you're denying your flesh to spend time with God. Very good, Judah. Yes. Oh, I was going to say separating your wants and needs. Yes. Man, you guys got great answers today. That is what fasting is all about, guys. Fasting is about denying your flesh and embracing the spiritual side of things. So it does go hand in hand without eating. It goes with denying yourself food. Because to deny yourself food... Like, we all need food, right? We got to eat to survive. And it's one of the most important things that we do every single day. So to deny ourselves food is to choose Christ over life, right? Now, what was the first sin in the Bible? What was the first thing? Well, like, what caused all this trouble in the world? Yeah. Satan. Satan did, of course. How? Disobedience. Disobedience. In which way? Through Adam and Eve. Through Adam and Eve. What did they do? They ate an apple. So if you guys think about it, the first way that mankind betrayed God was through eating. Correct? So it's a good thing for us to deny food in order to show our, our commitment to Christ, right? But today we're going to talk about positive fasting. Because guess what? It, if you don't pray, fasting is basically just dieting, right? So like that's that's basically all. and who likes to diet? No one. Wait, <laughs> I'm all alone. No, I, I don't like dieting either. I don't know why I raised my own hand. I felt like I had to there. I felt like I had to be an example as a pastor up here, but not dieting. No, nobody likes dieting, right? Dieting is terrible. 
Unless you're on like an all cheesecake diet, like <laughs> that might be okay. Like if I was like strictly pizza diet, like that kind of diet's not too bad. But like when we talk about dieting and we talk about cutting everything out of your life and not being able to eat sweets and not be able to eat chocolate and not being able to eat carbohydrates. I don't even know what they are, but I love them. And we can't eat any of this stuff. It gets pretty miserable, right? Has anybody ever gone somewhere and like ordered a meal and you're like super excited about it and you got home and it like wasn't good? Like, no. and it's just like, I think yes, it's hard to recuperate. Like, especially if you got like this great intention and you're like, this is going to be the best meal ever. And then you ruin it and you're like, oh, it's, it's hard to come out of a bad mood. So a lot of times I, I've noticed that when we talk about fasting and when I bring up fasting with other believers and people who like to fast and, or well, people who fast, it seems like the conversation goes towards the negative. Like, you're like, hey, we're good. we got revival coming up. Who wants to fast with me? And it's like, everybody looks at me like I just offered them something terrible. <laughs> They're like, mm. can't pot it. You're like, yeah, the potted meat. <laughs> the cat food that we call claim is for humans. I don't understand that. But, but that's what people act like when you bring up fasting. Has anybody ever noticed that? Has anybody ever seen someone bring it up? Anybody ever been asked to fast and think in your own head like, oh, <laughs> we can be honest, it happens. I've had people ask me to fast and I just wasn't in the mood for fasting. And I'm like, but I will, I will because you're in need and I get it. So fasting can be a negative thing and people can talk about it negatively. But I've fallen in love with fasting. So today I'm going to talk about the positive side of fasting. Because guess what? Fasting isn't always negative. But how many of you believe that the enemy would love to paint something that's good for you as not being good for you? That's his game plan. That's what he likes to do. So if he can convince you that fasting isn't good and that fasting is not acceptable, then he can keep you from using a tool that God has put into your toolbox. So that's exactly what the enemy does with fasting is he wants to paint this out like it's not like it's not something you want to try. It's not something you want to play with. It's not good. Hey, you know what? You guys are too young. You got to wait till you're older. We get all these excuses about fasting. And then you know what he also has done? He's also tampered with fasting. He's gotten people to fast in ways that were harmful. So that way they would have a negative look on it. And they'll talk about it negatively to people around them. And they'll put this dark view on something that God designed to be positive. Who's got a Bible with them? Who wants to read some Bible for me? I'm going to need a Bible reader. Anybody? Nan? I got you. You sure? It's a lot. That's why I was going to make Nan do it. You can look at what, what, kind of, what translation you have. All right, I'm going to get all wild on you. I'm gonna. Can you look it up in NLV? Yep. New Living Translation. We're gonna go New Living because it's gonna. This the scripture is a little bit rough, but it really paints a picture on what fasting is really all about. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapter fifty-eight. It should only be like fourteen verses long, and I think it really kicks off in like verse four. As a matter of fact, if you just want to hand out, I can read it. Because I've already read it like five times, so <laughs> it is a little, it is a little complicated. Okay, so here we go, guys. We're gonna pick this up in verse two. Now, this is Isaiah fifty-eight, verse two, and it says, 
Yet they act so pious. They come into the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending that they want to be near to me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you didn't even notice. So this is what the children of Israel are saying to God, okay? And Isaiah, he's pointing this out, that this is how this nation's acting. Now, there are people who do know God. They're the children of God. They're Israel. They belong to him. But at the same time, they've been acting in a way that's not very pleasing to God. And then they're calling out in the middle of it and saying, hey, we fasted. We've done all this, this crazy stuff for you. But we're going to see how God thinks about that. Because he says here, I will tell you why I responded. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Can we do that? Can we fast to please ourselves, guys? Jesus just, you know, God just told him so, so I wouldn't argue with it. But there is a way. There are people who fast because they want to look like they're doing good. They fast because they want to be righteous and look at me, look how great I'm doing. But they're missing why we really fast. So he tells them, you're fasting for yourselves. For even while you fast, you are, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Now, we were going to do a little app this today. I was going to have Candy come up here. Sue's going to act it out. Sue's going to get three of you guys to help her. And she was going to show you the difference between fasting in a good way and fasting in a negative way. You? So you want me to do it right now. Thank you, DJ. You're so good to me. <laughs> But what we were going to do is like, she was going to show how we were going to have one person act like her mom, one person act like her friend, and one person act like somebody that she was friends with outside, like with church. And it was all going to be like her mom waking her up in the morning and showing her attitude of, oh my God, I've been fasting. Mom's got breakfast ready and no, mom, I'm not eating today. I'm fasting and just having this negative attitude. And then her friend at school invites her to lunch. Hey, you want to come sit with me at lunch? She's like, no, I'm fasting and I'm miserable and nothing's good in my life. And, and then the third one was a friend from church who was like, let's go out to eat because tonight there's this revival and I want you to go. And she's like, no, I can't. I'm fasting and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Thank you for that laugh. But uh, then we were going to have her do it again and show you how it should be done with a good attitude. Like when her mom says, come on downstairs, we got breakfast and be like, nah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to set that out for right now because I, I'm, me and God are working on something. And when her friend at school invites her out to lunch, she'll be like, yeah, I'm going to come with you, but I'm not really hungry, so I'm not going to eat. But we can talk God and we can have and we show how you can have this good attitude in the middle of this fast, because no matter what. Fasting is ultimately getting closer to God. Right. Like in all, like in everything, when it's all boiled down, like that's really what we want. We want, we want to be close to him. We want his will. We want, we want to know his voice. We want to know his direction. And all of that, we get a better glimpse of that through fasting. When we deny the things of this world and we lean into the spiritual side of things, we can hear his voice better. We can hear his voice clearer. Like he will, he will give us revelation. All of this comes through this act of fasting if it's done in the right way. So he says, you'll never get anywhere with me. 
You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You desire, you dress up in burlap and you cover yourself in ashes. So what is that what you really call fasting? So God's calling them out now. Because you guys remember when they fasted in the Old Testament, what they used to wear? You might remember? I just said it. Burlap. Sackcloth. Yeah. Well, like a burlap sack, like that, that weird, like what potatoes come in? Like it's like a brown fuzzy bag and it's like terrible and uncomfortable. They used to put that on when they would fast and they would dump ashes on their head and they would lay around like they're miserable while they're fasting. But God's calling them out on that and he's like, wait a minute, is that what you really call a fast? Like, is that what this whole process is about? Is fasting really about just making yourself miserable? That's what God's really asking them here. And that's what we've got to ask ourselves. Like if I'm if I'm fasting, because tomorrow I've got a group of people who are gonna be fasting with me for this revival, right? And I and I really hope all of you guys join me. Fast a meal, fast the day, whatever you can do, but fast. But why what kind of fast do I want you to do? Do I want you to be miserable all day? Like, no, no, I don't, DJ. I don't want you guys to be miserable. Because God doesn't want you guys to be miserable. Nothing that God requires from us is to make us miserable. Right. Okay? No matter what rule that you've heard in the Bible, all of them are for your best. They're for your good. And it's the same thing with fasting. God wanted us to fast. He told us to fast. The reason why wasn't because he just didn't like us eating too much. It was because he wanted us to have a closer relationship with him. He wanted us to have the benefits that come through fasting. So let's jump, jump right back into the scripture here. So he says in verse six, no, this is not the kind of fast I want. Free those who are wrongly impressed. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Do not hide from relatives who needs your help? Wait, really? Ah, that was a little rough. <laughs> Sorry, all the relatives have been putting your phone calls on you. But <laughs> no, but that's a serious thing here because what God is telling them is ultimately fasting. I still want you to be a Christian. I want you to show love. I want you to be happy. I want you to see the good side of fasting. Are you going to be miserable because you haven't eaten in a day? Yes. Am I, am I going to feel like, man, I really like some food? Yes. Is that, is that an excuse to not act Christian? No. Oh, this is getting deep in here, guys. This is getting deep in here. So even when we're uncomfortable, we're supposed to be Christian. Even when things aren't going right. I'm supposed to be Christian. So even if I was doing something that I didn't enjoy, I should still maintain my Christian behavior. However, I really want you guys to understand that fasting is not something that negative. Fasting is not something terrible. Fasting is not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. There's a lot of things in the Bible that are like that. And we look at repentance, we look at baptism, we look at all these things and they're like, man, the Bible is just a big list of rules that we have to do. And everybody who says that is looking at everything totally the wrong way. 
Like, for one, you don't have to do anything in Samaria. Like, you're free. You can do whatever you want. But on top of it all, it's not that you have to do these things for God. It's that you get to be in a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of all lords, right? That's the good thing about life. That's the good thing about the Christian life. So let's go on. Let's look at some more positive things about fasting real quick. Matthew 6, 16 through 21. This is Jesus talking here. This is what Jesus talked about fasting. And he said to us, when you fast, he didn't say if. No, there's no if in there, guys. Jesus didn't say, hey, if you don't feel like fasting, don't worry about it. He said, when you fast, because he intended on us to fast. Like, no matter what we do in life, guys, like, sometimes we, there are certain sins and there are certain things that we want to look at and we want to point a finger at and we want to, like, oh, look at that guy. He's smoking a cigarette. Ooh. Ooh. Stinks. Now he's probably going to hell. Ooh. It's bad. But we don't always look at that way about eating. We don't always look that way about gluttony. We don't look that way about greed sometimes. There's a lot of things that slide under the radar that we're comfortable with and we're okay with and we want to be nice. And so we just ignore certain things. But at the end of the day, like we're called to have self-control. We're called to, to make sure that we can be like Christ. So it's going to take discipline on my behalf. It's going to take me being able to control myself. It's going to take that. And I learned that through the act of fasting. So Jesus says here, when you fast, don't make it obvious. Don't make a big deal about it. Does that mean I can't call an open fast forever for all of us to fast together? Like tomorrow we're all fasting. So it's kind of open. We're talking about it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying like, you're not allowed to ever do a, a big fast with a group of people. What he's saying is don't make a big deal about it, right? You ain't got to go to school tomorrow and brag to everybody about how many days you fasted. Like it should be something between you and God. This should be something just between you and him. So he says, do not be obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. And I tell you the truth, that is the only reward you will ever get. Ah, like Jesus is kind of hard on that. He's like, so does that mean if I look miserable and disheveled and try to make people acknowledge the fact that I'm fasting, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> That's kind of what he just said there. As the hypocrites do. These are what they do. So this is not something I want to do. And that's not the only reward that I get for it, right? But Jesus goes on to say, but when you fast, comb your hair if you have it. Wash your face because you need to. And then no one will notice that you are fasting except for your father, who knows that you knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Is that a promise or what, guys? So I'll be careful, buddy. Is that not a promise though? Did Jesus just say if you fast and you make it about you and your father that he will reward you for it? See, so many times the enemy wants to point out the fact that you're going to be miserable and that you're not going to get to eat and all the negative things that go on with it, but he doesn't like to point out the fact that there's a lot of positive in it. Because Jesus Christ just gave you a promise that if you fast, you will be rewarded for it. So there's a big positive side to fasting. Now, the other thing is if you look at it, 
when Jesus finishes this, we always seem to like pull the Bible out in portions. Like, so like, even with this, like I pulled the portion out here where he's talking about fasting and I read 16, 16 through 21. So when you, when you look at this, you're like, well, what, what else was going on in that chapter? And so many time ministers do that. They'll just grab one little portion of the scripture, but the scriptures all together. Like we separated it. We put in the chapters and the verses and all that. They were all written together as one letter. So technically it wasn't separated until we decided to. So whenever I'm reading or researching into things, I always like to look at what's being talked about after and what was being talked about before because it gives me a clearer understanding of what they're trying to get across in this message. So in the process of doing that, Look at that. That's what I look down at while I'm up here preaching. <laughs> oh, Doug. We love Doug. But as I was doing this in this process, I'm looking at the scripture on fasting. And I went back and read the scripture before and I read the scripture after it. And then I thought to myself, there's no way this is a coincidence. Right after Jesus gets done and he says, if you fast, fast to you and the Father. And he says, I will reward you for that. The next thing that Jesus talks about in verse 19, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal because wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be awesome. Now, does everybody see that link? Does everybody see the link in between the two now? He starts off with fast. Fast. Make it about you and your father. I'll reward you for it. And then he follows it up with, don't build up treasures on earth. Build up treasures in heaven. Don't seek the things of this earth. Moss going to destroy, corrode. People are going to break in and steal. That's not what's important, guys. What's important is that the treasure we're building is in heaven. And that comes right after he talks about fasting. Because fasting is denying what the world has to offer me and choosing time with God. That's why if you fast, if you don't eat tomorrow, guys, and you don't pray, you didn't really fast, you dieted. Like that's, that's the truth of it all. Because fasting is not about just not eating. And guess what? Fasting can be about different things. Now, we have great examples in the Bible about fasting being about not eating. And I do believe that there are spiritual breakthroughs you get from denying your body food and choosing to spend time with God instead. But that's not the only thing we hear about fasting in the Bible. We do hear about them fasting meat and eating vegetables. We hear about media fasts in church, right? Anybody ever heard of that? We've heard about fasting things that you know God doesn't like for you to do. It's about choosing God over the world. I remember like a long time ago, I fasted cigarettes. It was before I, it was before I actually quit. Yeah, I know. Remember when I was talking about that guy smoking? That was me. I was talking about myself. I've been quitting now like 15 years, man. Good job. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I quit before I got married. So I've been married over 15 years. It's been over 15 years. But I smoked for a long time too. And it was terrible. And I hated it. But uh, there was a period of time where I fasted smoking because I wanted to get closer to God. I, that's probably why I ended up quitting right afterwards because it that broke was, the chains that bound me. Like, that's what Isaiah was talking about. Like, 
This is about breaking chains, guys. So when I'm fasting, I need to be fasting the things that are drawing me towards the world and choose the things that are drawing me towards God. That's what prayer and fasting is all about this month. So guess what? I want you guys to fast food. I fast food. <laughs> I want you guys to fast food because McDonald's is awesome. But at the same time, <laughs> but I also would rather you fast some things throughout this month as well that are going to draw you closer to God. That's going to be important. You guys know the Olympics are coming up? You might know where they're going to be at. Paris, guys. Come on, get with it. This summer, the Olympics are coming up. It's going to be in Paris. And guess what all the world record runners are going to eat before the big race? Nothing. They fast. Get it? Dad joke. They don't eat, they fast. I actually wrote that into my notes. I wanted to tell you guys that joke. So, when we are got important things going on, it's the time to fast. So we've got a revival coming up. That's why we got a bunch of people who are fasting tomorrow. But let's fast some stuff throughout this month that's important. Yes. Uh, that's kind of off topic, but I did hear like a good saying from someone. They said a thief never breaks into an empty house. Ooh, that's good. Just like the devil never attacks for no reason. Right. No, you're right. Yeah, that's good, guys. That's really good. And fasting is kind of like cleaning out your house a little bit. It's kind of like cleaning some of the things out that we don't need and holding on to the things that we do need. So, over this next month, we are going to practice not just fasting, we're going to practice positive fasting. Because that's what's important that we not only go without eating, but that we're doing this for the right reasons, guys. And I don't want the enemy to sneak into anybody and convince them that this is something bad or this is something that they don't want to practice. Like, we need to go into this with a positive mindset over this month. We need to expect great things. And we need to have the mindset that we are building up a treasure in heaven, guys. We are opening doors for spiritualness in our lives by choosing God over this world. Yes. Yes. No, that's, you know what, Ryan, great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's what I'm talking about, what the enemy does. The enemy causes us to fast in a way that's unhealthy, so we don't want to do it ever again. I encourage you guys to fast in a healthy way. Don't be unhealthy. Don't be silly about it. Be smart about it, guys. Like, when I fast, guess what? I still drink Mountain Dew. You know why? Because if I don't, I get a caffeine headache. I don't want to deal with that. So I drink Mountain Dew to keep my body in order. When I'm, when I'm on a fast for a couple of days, guess what? If I'm on a fast for a couple of days and I'm starting to feel weak, especially when I used to work. Like I used to lift heavy steel all day long. And when I'm, you're out doing that and you're trying to fast, like it's hard work. I would drink, I would drink broth, like beef broth. Because it gives me some vitamins, it gives me some strength, but I'm still not eating food in my mouth, so my body still reacts. And you know, there are people who will tell you, it's probably the enemy, <laughs> who will tell you, oh, that doesn't really count as a fast. But I don't really go off what people say so much as I like to practice things and see how they work in my life. And I'm telling you what, I've done some fast on broth and gotten big places with God. And had God revealed things to me that blew me away. Because it's not just about torturing yourself. And that's what the enemy is going to make you want to think. It's about torturing yourself. 
It's about denying the world and choosing Christ. Yes. Saul, so, pay attention. Sometimes fasting can just be like skipping one meal. Like, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. It should be done wisely, guys. I'm pastor's big on this. I love fasting. I fast a lot, guys. Like if, if you're close to me, you realize this is my game. Like I love fasting. But pastor has gotten on me about that. Like, Dan. I don't want you fasting. If you're going for a couple of days, like you need to have a spiritual person next to you praying for you. You need to be able to talk to people and let them know how you're feeling because it can be dangerous. So the enemy would love nothing further than to make you guys do something dangerous to hurt yourself and then be like, see, you should never fast again. It's terrible. But if God said it's good, it's good. I just got to find a good way to do it. So we're here. We're here to help you guys. If you guys are feeling led too fast over this month, like, and you're thinking, all right, this is going to be something extreme, come talk to me and Nan. Come talk to some of the leaders in here. Let us pray for you, cover you while you're during this time, and let us help speak life into you so that this can be a positive experience and not something negative. Because this is positive, guys. I'm going to show you one more positive thing, and then we're going to wrap it up. One more positive thing here. Let's look at this. Acts 13. Everybody pay attention to this. Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. So it's two scriptures real quick, and then we'll get out. But pay attention to this. Let's look at what's going on here, guys. This is the book of Acts. This is when the church was coming into being. This is where they were showing us how the church should behave. And it says, one day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work which I have called them to. This happened after prayer and fasting, guys. There are some big things that God has planned for our life that fasting will unlock. There are things that God has called you to do in your life that through prayer and fasting, he will show you and reveal to you. That's why prayer and fasting is so important. Right here in the book of Acts, they were wondering who's going to take Judas's place. What are we going to do? Like Jesus is gone. We're trying to start this church now. How are we going to go about this? And they knew how we're going to do this is through prayer and fasting. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. And God will reveal his will and plan for our life and for the church. So that's what they did. And then it says, so after more fasting and praying, the men laid hands on them. And sent them on their way. And does anybody know what they did? When they left here? They turned the world upside down, guys. They turned this world into a place where Christians live. Where the gospel message is being preached. They went forward in the work that God had designed for them to do. Because they took time to prayer and fast. And get some power behind what they were already doing. So, any questions? Any questions? No? I just, I explained everything that has to do with fasting right there so perfectly. That is awesome. I am good at this. <laughs> did that, does anybody get a better understanding of fasting here? Maybe I'll ask that way. Yes, good. Then I will leave you guys alone. Sarah, you want to come play something for me for just a second? Just one second.